the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to the Minnesota Football Show. It is really nice outside. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to finally Very be able nice. to be outside. And I'm also happy to be able to talk about a week of football that we missed. There was a lot going on, but a lot of good things too, uh, and some bad things. But I'm here with Eric and Bridget. Hello. And we're just no. going to get right into it. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Pretty hey, good. Yeah. Just enjoying the weather. Doing okay. A little home improvement going on, but, uh, you know, there's, there's still really rough things happening in the world and the family and whatnot. So there's, there's, I'm feeling the weight, but uh, I appreciate you all. And this is always a, a welcome distraction. So happy to be Eric, here. Eric, did you ever watch uh, Tin the Two Men Taylor on, on TV when you were growing up? Uh, you know, not really. My dad uh, was really into it. So I'd really? watch it sometimes with him, but not okay. not purposely. Like I didn't make an I, effort I just, to watch it. I, I just think that'd be a perfect nickname for you, Eric. <laughs> 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 I'm, yeah i mean in, in terms of i understand like the, the premise is you know he he fails and makes things way worse than they are right that's like the, that's the technically yeah yeah, yeah well it, i mean then, it, then, it, then, then i guess i am and it works yeah, well actually tim is actually me that's what i do you know all right you know it's like that simpsons episode when like homer tried to make a uh spice rack for marge and it like literally looked like you know, like they were, they were like nails hanging upside down and crooked, and like <laughs> it wouldn't hold anything up. And like so, yeah, that's that's me. But anyway, nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're getting going on it. It's it's gonna be nice. I think we're gonna. Well, the main thing is we're gonna re-insulate again, so it'll be nice and toasty. Uh, when we're finally done, <laughs> that we. <laughs> What's that? I thought you said not we when you said we're gonna reinstallate. I thought Lisa said, Oh, no, no, we. uh, re, 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 okay. I was gonna say, I was like, Wait, I hope it's that we. I was like, geez, okay, R E R E, yeah. Uh, oh, because there is no insulation, there's no re insulation. That's what it is. So, we will be insulating as in the first time, cool. much like we did in the mudroom. It's almost it's a parallel project in a way. How's your but, backyard? Are you, are, is there stuff growing yet? No, 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 no. Way too early for that, man. We still have snow. You got to remember these children build snow forts that are like 15 feet tall. So we still have snow in our backyard. <laughs> All the snow from the block is now. Yours. I mean, honestly, you're not far off because they, they like, um, what do you call it? Uh, they, they, they geoform their, their snow forts and take from like both sides of the neighbors. So the neighbors are clear because back in like January, they already took all their snow. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Let's, let's go to some football. Um, on the local side, just catching up from last week, we mentioned that uh, Minneapolis city and um, 
what was the uh, the Twin Cities team? Of course, I, I blew it. Uh, Inter Minneapolis. Inter thank you. Inter Minneapolis. Um, they played their preseason and Minneapolis City won pretty handedly 4-0. And I guess the cool thing here is um, they featured a number of futures players that got some minutes as well. So that's that's good stuff. Good for them. Yeah. Um, we should mention also Minneapolis City related Minneapolis City summer camps. Uh, this is a cool new endeavor. The Minneapolis City uh, junior summer camps going to be going. Uh, did I get the dates in here? I didn't get the dates. Um, but boys and girls of ages five through 13, there's going to be uh, current players as trainers, uh, Jonah Garcia, Medo Yusuf, uh, a bunch of other folks as well. I, I believe one's at parade. One is at uh, oh, NSC. And then there's another one somewhere else as well. Um, so check out Minneapolis city social media or the website for more information there. Um, if, if my children were down and wanted to do it, I, I would definitely uh, think about this, but I doubt they will, but I'm sure there's other people that might be listening, um, that would be interested. The prices look pretty affordable. You can do half days, full days, uh, for, for the weeks that are, that are down there. So that's good. Just putting it out there. Cause affordable is the thing, right? Yep. Cause usually yeah. like we thought about doing camps for like Isa and G usually we just do blackout camps cause they're more affordable. But like one day we're like, let's go see what the you do do the gophers one. That's like four hundred bucks. I was like, dang, that's a car payment, homie. I I I'm not down with that right now. That's a good transition. Speaking of the gophers, we mentioned they were playing Iowa last Sunday, uh, and they beat them one nil, and that took them briefly into the top three in the Big Ten. I think they were number three, in fact. And then they played Penn State on Thursday and they lost pretty handedly. Penn State, we were talking about this before we started recording, that they're not just the best team in the Big Ten. They're one of the best women's soccer teams in the entire country. So not exactly like a huge negative, sad thing to lose to Penn State. Um, so currently they sit uh, sixth in the Big Ten table. Which, you know, it's still very early, so they're not a bad place to be, I don't think. Um, let's go to Minnesota United, and I will throw to what? Bridget. Oh, go yeah, ahead. One Bridget, second. Can we, can we blame the loss on Matt Bravatsky? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he's the one who's been calling the games up lately and, you know, doesn't call away games. Okay. And there's a correlation there. I'm just saying. Let's dig deep, deep, deep and figure out how we can make this six degrees of separation of Matt Bravatsky. <laughs> At RSC spoken word, go after him. <laughs> I'm staying out of that one. Uh, Minnesota United, Bridget, we got uh, we got a a trade here from Columbus Crew. Nico Hansen, 26 year old Dane. Um, although he spent, I think, most of his time in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. take it from there. Yeah. So uh, we sent what 250,000 gam, something like that. Um, I should actually pull up that actual number. Uh, anyway, so Nico Hansen, midfielder for Houston Dynamo uh, for the last two seasons. Prior to that, he was with Columbus. Um, and yeah, he's been in the U.S. Uh, most of his adult life here. Played at University of New Mexico. Um, did a couple of USL loans as well. Um, so he played with Ethan Finley and Will Trapp at Columbus. Um, prior to, so he was with Houston starting 2019. So they played a couple of years together there. 
um, two goals and one assist over 40 some appearances the last two seasons. So he's not really, uh, you know, they're not exactly replacing Molino here. Um, he's a depth piece played mostly on the right, but he can play the left as well. Um, so say what you will about what that says for Robin Lube. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway. <laughs> uh, one, 125, 125 Gam, by the way. 125. Oh, that's the, okay. Yeah. Darn, I was going to say, it's um, like we traded for the wrong Dynamo. If we're going to spend 250 Gam, might as well have gotten Ramirez out of the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what his asking price is, right? It's like two fifty or around there, yeah, three hundred. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was gonna do that, I'd just pull the trigger for both. I mean, we got all the gam and the tam in the world from everything else we've been doing. Yeah. Do you? This do is, either of you? Go ahead. Uh, it's a two-year deal with an option for another year. Two-year. He can slot in as a as a forward too, right? Do either of you see him playing as a forward? Uh. Well, pretty much every midfielder played as a forward at some point last season. So, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, if Lude wants to play in the right, then yeah, then he doesn't have to. I was going to say, there's, there's absolutely mean, no, yeah. no precedent yeah. of players out of position on Minnesota. United, Look, we so. we, we right. proved last year it was, it was well written and documented that we don't need to have a 10 plus goal scorer forward on our team to be able to make it somewhere far. As long as our wings are scoring goals and they're communicating with Babelo and really waiting to get into the open space, that's what we need. And I don't see why you want to change that so much. Like, it's nice to get a, a forward that could score 10 goals, right? But, I mean, we it's had... Not necessary. It's not necessary, right? I mean, you build with what you got. I mean, you can plug whoever you want on the left, right? Uh, and and as uh, we'll later talk about, Dotson has been showing with a U.S. Uh, national team that he can play box-to-box midfielder, so he could literally play anywhere, right? So, exactly. And that's Heath. Heath brought up his versatility in the press release. Um, he said, Nico's an incredibly gifted and athletic player who can play a lot of different spots on the field. We know how important that is, especially this year with more condensed schedule. He knows the league. He knows the opponents. His versatility is going to be huge. Uh he also said his pace is a game changer. Having coached against him, we always felt he was going to be a handful. So to have him on his on our side is nice. So he's he's going to be, you know, another one of those Swiss Army knives in midfield um, that we saw so much of last season. So I think this is more a sign of us kind of doubling down on, on uh, those tactics from last year. Yeah, that's fine. I still wish that they would pull a left winger from – I, I put something out that they were they should be looking at these these recently relegated Brazilian teams like Botafogo <laughs> or Vasco or Cruzeiro that stuck and even Goiás. I mean, I've been trying to push Vinicius for a long time, but you know, I'll let it ride. I'll let it ride. Of, of course, hashtag panic as always. But regarding a striker, here, here's here comes Rumorland from Boca again. Uh, Juan Chope Avila, uh, Rodrigo, what, what do you think about this situation? He's 31. He's been injured for a minute, so hasn't got a lot of playing time. But uh, does this thing have legs or, or is this sweet dreams are made of these type thing? Sweet dreams are made of these. <laughs> take it. Take it. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think 
there's a reason why Juan Chope is not playing or hasn't been getting minutes, right? They Boca does these things where like they try to get rid of the people who no longer seem to be serviceable because they always sign them for big bucks and then they have to be able to get some sort of return in the investment. And I think I think Juan Chope is is is, is decent. But I also think that Juan Chope, as someone put it on Twitter, I forget who it was, um, 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 but on the Twitter discussion, specifically because they were engaging the the Boca Juniors uh, English podcast, because they were the ones that were reporting stuff. Um, they, they were saying that, you know, Juan Chope is like uh, a less agile, uh, a more injury prone than than um, our former Colombian forward that um, Angelo than Angelo is so it's you know it's not extreme you know and it, he does come from Boca but we've, we've we know how Minnesota United and Argentina and then Boca Juniors likes to deal with 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 offers they want money they want offers so, so it'll they be like two like years these from loans. now <laughs> they don't, they yeah, don't they, like any of these loan things and the Minnesota yeah. United is always going to ask for a loan they're not going to outright buy a player yeah. Yeah. So, the last thing I saw was that Boca uh, is basically refusing to even sit down and talk about it because Minnesota keeps saying, "Well, you know, a loan, a transfer, yeah. like we're not going to buy him outright." And so Boca just says, "No, nope, we'll we'll keep him on the bench. It's cool." Yeah. 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 Which is kind of like like what Bevelo was doing too. Is like it all started yeah. with like, "No, buy out. No, no, no." So did they did they ever play together or was he injured most of the time when Bevelo was there playing? I'm they not played sure they together played. a couple of oh, times. They did. Okay. Yeah. So they know each other. Um I think uh that season um if my memory recalls right it might be wrong. I think I think when Chopa scored like around 10 goals and I think I I I uh, would you someone would have to do the the research and and the assist ratio, but yeah. So they both of them together that season. He scored ten goals, which is okay. I mean, not bad on the Argentinian league, but that's not that's not top money you want to pay for someone. So, right. Well, let's go to uh, men's national team, and I want to spend some time here. Uh, first big break on Monday. We we got the the big uh, '80s hair rock butt rock uh, promo video. And they saved it to the very end to drop that uh, Jonas uh, Musa is uh, apparently deciding he was, he's going to go with the U.S. national team. And dude, dude's got like how many citizenships? I put three, but I think that's incorrect. Like four, maybe. I think he was eligible to play in four countries, if I'm not mistaken. That, yeah, I think so. England, U.S., Italy. Right. And I think there was an yeah. African nation as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he that, picked the U.S. Four. Well, and you know what the what the logo is now, right? Like or like the saying or the jingle, whatever it is for like uh, there is no USA. You can't spell USA without Musa. Of course, it's right there. <laughs> Yunus, I might have said that wrong. Yunus, how do we pronounce this, guys? First that's name. a good question. Good question. I, I'll stick with Musa. I think that's why everyone just says Musa. <laughs> Musa. All right, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, it's pretty no, cool. It's exciting. I know. I, I it know is. that uh, it brought a lot of uh, brought a lot of interest. So good stuff. Yeah. No, I think it's great, specifically when you can steal talent from you know a another world competitor. That's it, it's always a good thing. So I think I I'm I'm liking how these kids are, are beginning to play. Now the question is: is going to be are they how are they going to 
AAA in 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 the system and qualifiers and all the other stuff, right? I mean, like as of lately, we've seen mostly of the young kids playing, which I don't I don't mind. And how that's going to mix with some of the senior roster is my question. Like, do you have we seen the last of uh, Altador playing like as a starter, right? Like, do you do you want Altador as a finisher? I mean. Jesus Ferreira, you know, being has been decent. I like Jesus. I'm a fan of Jesus Ferreira, so like I'm I'm happy that he's that he's doing stuff and scoring goals. But you know, like there's some really interesting things and, and good problems to have, right? Did you all see the video that it just came out today of of Musa with the the autograph thing? It's kind of this week in racism adjacent, but I didn't really put it in. I just thought it was funny. You know what I'm talking about, Bridget? Yeah, I watched that this morning. <laughs> you requested it. So somebody asked him to sign an autograph. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll sign your autograph. He takes the picture. And it's Altidore. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I'll sign it, but this isn't me. <laughs> right. I've so been in that situation. That's some, yeah, that sucks. Uh, brutal. Wow. I have not seen that. I'm gonna have to watch that. But that wow, wow, way yeah. to go. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> uh. It's tough, brutal. Um, well, let's talk about the kids. You said play the kids. So we had U23s, um, Olympic qualifying, and we found out earlier that Minnesota's own Jackson Ewell, the one that got away, was gonna captain the U23 team. Pretty dope. I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome. Hashtag crying in Minnesota. <laughs> what could have been? Which then kind of segues into the actual match that we had on Thursday with a captain from Minnesota and Minnesota's own Hassani Dotson not only getting the call-up, but getting the start. Did you all see this coming? Well, I mean, I, I think we've talked about uh, just how, like, Dotson's versatility, right? In a, in a, game, in, in a tournament like this or where, like, there's – two or three days rest in between. And you're not only playing Costa Rica, you're playing the Dominican Republic and you're playing Mexico. You know, you, you're going to have to rotate and you're going to have to have people who are versatile and you're going to have people who you can plug in different positions. And I think Hassani plays really well in that, in that role, right? If you tell him, Hey, you go and go out there and, and, and take over this, this space and area, he'll do that. Right. And I think, I, th- I think Dotson took advantage of his of his chances. I, 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 I this was not the best game for the United States, and I I give them all the credit for being able to pull out a win. Um, oh yeah, and, I didn't even put the score in here. One one yeah. nil over one nil, right? Because Costa, <laughs> Costa Rica is not a bad team, but they were. It's going to be really interesting, and I love the commitment of of playing out of the box as like you know just like. It's overall in all the all the national teams and the men's side. You know, we're going to play out of the box, and that's what they did. But that also got them into a lot of freaking problems, mm-hmm. right? I think the goalkeeper. Um, oh, what's the goalkeeper's name? Um. Anyways, he had like two or three fantastic saves that would have been goals. It should have been goals. And I think Costa Rica was also, you know, trying to play out the back, and we had like two or three opportunities where we could have scored. Uh, and I think it's it's one of those where like, um, you know, our defense wasn't as solid, and our goalkeeping was, and that was the reason that it was that way. But our counterattack was was getting better as it was going along. I think uh, Sam Vines looked looked really good on that wing. I think 
I like um uh, like I said it before, I'm a Jesus Ferreira fan. So uh, yeah, let's let's talk about his goal. 35th minute. Um, <clears throat> coming down, the ball was getting uh, moved on down the left. Um, let me ask you. Let's talk about Dotson's position in this whole thing because he's playing way high, almost like a forward. He's that attacking mid. Yeah, yeah. He, he made that run and he drew made the, the center run. back. That's right. Drew the center back, and I, and I think it was a vines that crossed the ball. I think. I believe was, so. I think and so. Then, and then, and um, then, right by drawing the 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 defender with him, left uh, Ferreira open. Mm-hmm. And it was a know, great goal. It's a great goal. It's a great team. It was a team goal, and that was a great yeah. team goal to see. And but super think cool to, to see Hassani contribute. I mean, that was right, right, awesome. Right, and then like you know, thirty seconds later, he follows someone by like scissors kicking them, and didn't get yeah. a, didn't 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 get a card. So I was happy about that. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> because there's no VAR in this qualifier. So it's like that, that. That's your cold bowl of coming out, <laughs> right? And I'm like, that's yeah, all right. It's not bad. And then there were there were there were a couple of scrimmages, and like uh, you know, I think. Ferreira got hit in the face after a confrontation and all that. And um, did you guys see there's this um, someone someone did like a 30 second video of commenting on that scene and how like we need to step out, step up on doing our um, our, our um, like fighting or like uh, like scrim or like scrub scruffy scrubbles or whatever oh, like video. the dark arts. <laughs> yes. And like someone was like, like like analyzing the whole like twenty second clip about that, and it was great. I'll I'll send that out to you guys if you haven't seen cool. it. But I would laugh so hard because like this is perfect. This is exactly what they need to do. Like they were talking how like Dotson didn't come around to create a circle, and and then and then Ferreira becomes a three versus one, right? Three <laughs> so we can play. So like it was it, it was a lot of fun. Little I'll little Libertadores that. nut shot here and there. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh... Um, anything else to add, Bridget? No, I don't think so. Well, I'll give you the next one because you are once again sporting the San Diego Loyal cap. And I think we got, got a photo this time which, that we can put up. But uh, I don't even know. So, so you, you've done this before. This is the second time. And now we have a direct Minnesota connection. So take it away. Yeah. So uh, San Diego Loyal puts out this video the other day. Um, I think it was what Wednesday, Thursday, no matter if it's your first day training and a day after your birthday, you're going through the water tunnel and turns out they're talking about Miguel Ibarra. Um, so they, you know, the first comments were like, okay, did we miss an announcement tweet or like, what's, what's going on here? Um, but Miguel has been, he has no team. He's been just training on his own with a couple personal trainers um, not in a team environment and San Diego brought him in to join the team and actual team exercises and to help them get in shape to find a team. So, um, they, they keep clarifying. He was just there to train, but I mean, there's, I, th- I would think there's a chance there. It looked like they were all having fun and it was just good to see him having yeah. fun in a team environment. I love it. So. I love it. I, I, I love their video and I love the things that the Loyals do like social yeah. media wise. They're pretty good about that kind of thing. And so, yep. well, just so thinking yeah, about no. Miguel under uh, Donovan too. I mean, that sounds like a great combination. Yeah. That would be interesting, but I don't know. I mean, like as, as they said, Minnesota calm down, right? Minnesota calm down the training. So he's just helping out training, but <laughs> we have nothing else to be excited about. So go ahead and just go crazy about it. Right. I mean, like, 
you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go crazy when like Patrick Ware starts, and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go crazy over that. But right now, Miguel getting some training. That's good. Hopefully, he either plays for the Loyals or he finds a MLS team that's willing to take him um, for depth. Um, and, and we'll see how that works. Hopefully, Austin does something, but we'll see. Oh, is that another rumor? Um, it's a possibility, right? So it's uh, it should be interesting. So, but I always think that he he deserves to play in the MLS. I just think, you know, it's really unfortunate what happened to him in Seattle, specifically when he had like five, six opportunities to score yeah, and that. didn't put any of them away. And if he would have put at least half of those, we would be having a different conversation. Yeah. Right. Well, take a look at this kit, my friends. What do you think? Duluth put out their uh, their new kit, their new kits for the upcoming MPSL season, and uh, this is their away kit, the lift bridge kit. I think it's spectacular. Yeah, got got the bridge right through the center, up the sleeve. Very cool. I mean, it's a it's a landmark. You think about mm-hmm. Duluth, and you think about that bridge. So, um, throwing it on the on the shirt is really cool and should get some more attention from the locals up there. No, it's, it's, a it's, it's a dope shirt. I mean, anyone who's been to Duluth and gone over the lift bridge, right. Understands the, the iconic aspect of how that represents Duluth in a sense. And like, it's yeah. Like I've walked over the bridge, so it's cool. It's a good touch. Who designed the, the, the kit? Does that say it all? Great question. That might be a thing that we want to find out because that, that props to whoever was designing something like that to include something from Duluth that is well known. Um, that would be, you know, instead of being, you know, Lake Superior, you know, or, or you know, you know, an interesting kit would be like if someone were to make a kit of like all the sunken ships in Lake Superior, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like a map kind of thing. The but map, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. But but that's just me, Mike. In my nerdy uh, Smithsonian channel um, <laughs> documentaries that I like to watch. So. Right on. It'll be super fun to maybe see that kit along with the uh, Minneapolis City Crow Wing kit. I mean, you got two of the coolest soccer kits like in all of North America, or certainly in the lower leagues, but even in just the United States in, in general. general we'll, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll be out on the pitch at the same time. Cool. Well, that's all I got there. Should we take a little break? Do some internationals? Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Uh, We are back to talk some internationals. What do we have here? You know, I don't know a whole lot about Brian Reynolds, um, except that he started for Roma, which is pretty cool. I'm I'm sorry, not didn't start. Came in at the 60th minute, 60th minute sub. Uh, But the note here from Raj over at Men and Blazers is he becomes the fifth American international to play in Serie A, which, again, that's that's a record. So it's just cool to see more names and more players popping up. Do, Do you all know a lot about this guy, Reynolds? Not much, no. Okay. We'll keep an eye on them, see how things go. Well, let's jump to English Premier League. 
uh, last week. We've, we've got to talk about the, uh, the Rabona or the, the Letra, as we call it in, <laughs> in, in Portuguese. So ultimately Tottenham lose this match. But I mean, this goal was out of this world. I mean, one of the coolest goals that I've seen in a long time and everybody's been talking about it. And it's not the first time Lamela has done this. He's, he's, he's done this before. But I love this. I, I got this, this uh, screenshot, this, this shot of, of him doing it with the legs crossed, megging Tomas, the Arsenal defender. And then there's two other ones. Of course, you know, David Luiz is going to be in there <laughs> screwing something <laughs> up. Tradition. But, it, I mean, he beats all these defenders and still is able to pull off a, a futsal, street football, football move like that. I mean, it was just – he made it look so easy. And that and that ball goes through like five guys, not just not just the three in this picture. Like it was through traffic, across the box, far posts, tight angle. Amazing. Just not, it was not a situation when you would think, you know what? I'm going to try the. <laughs> just right. ridiculous. It was beautiful, and it was even more like poetic. Was the fact that. I don't know how many much later later he gets a double yellow and yes, that's right. <laughs> he got he got, he got sent off. <laughs> oh, that's that's some classic Spurs right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, can't can't get Definition better than that. You're an Arsenal yeah. fan, but you know it's uh yeah, Arsenal yeah. win two to one. But my goodness, what a absolutely spectacular! <laughs> one of the few goal. games that uh, David Luiz actually played defense and wasn't. Well, after this, yeah. he was he was definitely <laughs> yeah. one of the guilty parties in this situation. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> um, Leicester was... also had a big win, 5-0. Brighton over Southampton, too. Go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I was just going to say, Brian Reynolds is the kid, going back to Brian Reynolds, is the academy kid from Dallas that got a 6 That's, oh, That's yeah. who that is. So Got it. So, like, if you wanted to, like, you know, because, I, I mean, besides him and McKinney, right, I think he's the fifth youth uh, to play in Serie A, so the list is uh, Lalas, Bradley, Josh, Pe- Josh Perez, Weston McKinney, and now Brian Reynolds. So, who was the third one? Perez. Uh, yep, Josh Perez. Not familiar. Not familiar with that person either. So, uh, might have to do the Wayback Machine at one point and and way see back. what kind of a YouTube rabbit hole I can get myself and lose three hours and find out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, last weekend, we had the, uh, the big derby in Argentina, Boca River. I uh, ended up being a 1-1 tie. I, I saw a couple highlights. And as, as, uh, as tense and violent is probably the correct word as these matches can be. And actually, this one seemed kind of tame. I, I didn't see a lot of, uh, of aggression that we would have typically come to expect when these two play compared to <laughs> matches in the past. Rodrigo, did you see anything? No, I didn't see any any brass knuckles hidden in in shorts or in <laughs> right. socks or billy clubs either, like butterfly tiny. knives. So it was a pretty clean game. I thought, yeah, right. None of that stuff that can be can be used in corners situations where like the ref can't see you. So yeah, no, it was a, a pretty, you know, boring, classico, which mm-hmm. means it's usually safe. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big one was America Chivas. And America won pretty handily there, 3 0 in uh, Liga Miekis. Uh, Bridget, I will give this one to you. We had the Grammy Awards last Sunday, and Brittany Howard of um, what's the band? Um, well, she's solo now, but Alabama Shakes comes in. And uh, so, what I didn't realize is that 
you'll never walk alone had had kind of evolved into this theme for first responders and healthcare workers, which is cool. Great. That's a great theme song to have for, for those people that yeah. are really on the, uh, putting themselves at risk and, and doing a lot of work in, in that way. What's interesting is, and it was, of course, presented this way uh, at the Grammys. It was presented this way in the mainstream media. And I'm just not sure that a lot of people knew <laughs> the roots of that song and how it would explode in football world. <laughs> I'll throw it to you. Uh, yeah, so they just, they get none of the subtext whatsoever. Um, and it, it came about at kind of a rough time in Europe, and I, I don't have a ton of the history on that, so I'm not going to, like, go off It was a that, phenomenal version, too. I mean, it was, yeah. my God, yeah. she can sing. What a voice. What a powerful, powerful voice. And she does some of these these hesitations that you don't necessarily expect that you wouldn't really, I, I, especially if you're doing it like in a football chant version, you just kind of right. like go through it, bum, yeah, bum, bum, different. bum, bum, the whole way. But boy, the, the pauses just, they, they kind of accentuate the, uh, the drama and the pain and whew, what a voice. Yeah. So I, I guess the whole point of this is consequently every Liverpool fan was just like, we have a new theme. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody now, was loving it. Yep, Liverpool fans are now watching the Grammys from now on, just for that yep. reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, things, I have a like, I, I had it on in the background and wasn't really paying attention. I was doing other stuff. I just had it on TV, and that came on, and I was like, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. This, this is this is the wrong environment for this song." But, yeah. Uh, okay, it worked out. So. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you run and get your scarf when that when that came out, or like? <laughs> walked over or i mean you probably should have known before that right yeah it's in the living room yeah i would have loved to see like go ahead no i'm sure that probably was a scene in many households when as soon as yeah well i was thinking like a a, a pan shot of maybe the audience and then maybe like one of the uh like the ushers just happens to be a a football head and like (laughs) right (laughs) like all by himself that would have been great that would have been amazing yeah which brings me to a question i was like what 90s song would you have Minnesota United walk into the stadium onto the pitch? Hmm. Think about that. We'll 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 we'll, we'll go on back to it, but think about that. I think that was interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, Rodrigo, I'll throw this one to you. Copa America. Got got a little bit of news here. Uh looks like things are gonna get rolling June 13th, ending July 10th. And I don't know, the, the big uh, news item, I suppose, is because of COVID, there's obviously no convidados. Um, so nobody outside of Pomebol, as is typically the case, will be coming in. Go to you. Does that mean players too? Or is that? Uh, just teams. So, like, or- originally Australia and Qatar were going to be the, the two uh, invitees, and okay. obviously they are not coming. So it's just going to be just a typical Copa America. Great. Can't wait to see all the Uruguayan <laughs> and Chileans boast about how they're going to win this one now. You know, it's I, I still lack a lot of confidence in this whole thing, just considering what's happening in, in Brazil and elsewhere right now. It's I mean, Colombia is even I think I, I'm, I doubt it will happen, but they've been threatening to close the border just with uh, as bad as the COVID situation is in Brazil. So, I mean, it. Pfft. To think that these teams are just going to be flying around the continent, I, I 
I'm skeptical. Yeah, no, I think if it does happen, it's going to have to be like a central location. That's it. Yeah. And then so it has to be a bubble. There's the only way this is going to happen is if it, if it, there's a bubble. But Come Bowl is Come Bowl. So they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll do dumb stuff where like everyone goes like, I just can't see them doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and this is actually like a financial strain on countries because like if you're going to host a game, like it'll boost the economy, but it only boosts your economy if fans show and if fans <laughs> yeah. can go. So it's like there's this like like if I was, you know, if I was a country or a running, you know, I'd be like, well, great. You give us a game, but we're not going to get any money out of it, really. You know, so just have them all play centrally in a bubble. And 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 hopefully that works out, whether that's in Colombia, whether that's somewhere else, whether it's I don't know. It's got to be somewhere. I think it. Uruguay, I think, is the in terms of numbers and cases. I think is probably the safest bet. Well, I mean, I Chile I is also one of the places that they've had more vaccinations, right? Okay. So you know that's one of the things too. So Chile would be wouldn't be a bad place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe I wouldn't mind maybe Chile. the Galapagos. Does the Galapagos have a stadium? <laughs> Not yet. But come on, conglomerates and colonialists and all the other bullshit that's out there, you know. Yeah. Go out and turn the Galapagos in some sort of like theme park with a with a stadium. Come on now, Dude, that would, you know, that account that just tweets out like photos of stadiums and crazy places uh-huh. and like in between glaciers and whatever. Like that would be that would be a cool one. Yeah, you get zoom up, like, in the... on the Galapagos and there's just a volcanic rock with the with the pitch in the middle. Yep, yep. I like you it. Have a have have the tortoise, the giant tortoise, in the. Uh... Iguanas and all the all the animals just like running around the field. Like you, you, you got to dodge the tortoise. It's like a, it's like it's turning into Mario. Basically, it'll be a Mario game. The game has to stop every once in a while so you can pick up a tortoise and move. Right, I mean, like you know, imagine the ball goes out of bounds and then an iguana just sits on it. What do you do? Yep. What do you do? Try to shoot a, a big iguana off. That's not a good idea. I'd be like, what happens? Right? Like you'd have to have it game immense- over. Game over. Match That's has right. been delayed <laughs> due to iguanas on the pitch. This, iguanas this on the pitch. The, uh, this is the the. That fan sounds like fit. a great band name. <laughs> that is a <laughs> great <laughs> band name. Iguanas on the pitch. Iguanas on the pitch. Good punk band. Uh, I'm gonna make that a t-shirt. If I make that a t-shirt, I'm gonna make I'll that a t-shirt. Do it. <laughs> nice. Um, we we'll go to La Liga. Messi had. I mean, he's he's still being messy and had just a absolutely spectacular goal. Uh, 4-1 win over uh, Huesca in, in La Liga. And uh, the, the best part about this goal, just from way outside the box, just destroys the ball, is is Roy Hudson calling the match where he just like – I don't know if you all ever listened to Latino Alt Rock when I was doing that program with uh, with Umar, but when Umar would take the mic, like immediately we, – we actually got calls from people in their cars that, like he came close to blowing out their speakers because they just <laughs> – <laughs> the, it's something about the, the the pitch and you know the energy and you know, just like anyway Roy Hudson basically breaks the speakers he screams so loud into the microphone and it, it's it's just a great great reaction if you've ever if you haven't watched it it's awesome it, it, it peaked on my phone which means I'm sure it peaked on people's televisions oh <laughs> um, the, the only thing I miss about watching being is really just Hudson, that's it. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I really miss him calling games, and so 
But no, that was a great goal. Great first touch to and then just blast it top corner. Oh, I mean, just annihilates the ball. Whoever, whoever uh, people, people who believe that Messi is on a downhill aspect of it, I was like, yeah, let's let's see one of you guys do that, right? I mean, <laughs> well, Messi's downhill is still going to be like in the top two percent of right. best players I mean, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, Champions League. Let's go. We got some uh, finishing the round of sixteen. Man City over Gladbach. They scored another two for a four nil aggregate win, so they are through. Uh, for a minute, for a hot minute, it looked like At- Atalanta might actually be able to pull some things off. They started 1-0, but then Real Madrid uh, came back very hard with a 3-1 win. So Real Madrid is through Atalanta, goes home. The uh, Oh, yeah, the 34th minute, I put this one in there. I, I actually watched this one live. I caught this, this piece of it. Um, to- totally terrible keeper howler where um, it was a pass back situation. The keeper is going to restart it. And he kind of takes his time and and doesn't see Modric. I mean, how do you not see Modric, first of all? We're standing right right in front of him. (laughs) Step one, where's Luka Modric? (laughs) He he just kind of casually passes the ball to start the day, and and Modric just picks it up, intercepts it right to uh, Benzema, who's wide open, and tough one to to throw away. (laughs) So, yeah, so they are through. Um, Then the following day, Bayern, of course, Bayern, uh, two to one win over Lazio, six to aggregate. And I think the one a lot of us were interested in just because it seemed like Atletico were going to do something. They did not. Uh, Chelsea win two nil over Atletico Madrid for three nil aggregate. And uh, one Mr. Uh, Pulisic comes in as a late sub and and assist the very late sub of um, did I get the name right? I did not get this name right. Weimerson. I, I totally autocorrect destroyed me here. Um, Wimerson, Weimerson. I'm not sure. Whoever the guy was that came in and he came in like the 88th minute and he's on the pitch for not even a minute, 30 seconds. And they're on, the, they're on this fast breakdown and Pulisic carries it, pass it off the last second and dude puts it in after not even being on the pitch for a minute. Uh, so good on him. So your quarterfinals, amigos y amiga. They go uh, like this, Dortmund, Porto, PSG, Liverpool, Man City, Real Madrid, Bayern, and Chelsea. How y'all feeling about that? Um, I mean, Bayern looks good, man. I'm just – Real Madrid's looking decent. You know, I think PSG, right? I mean, I think Porto – I like the way they're playing, so we'll see how far that oh, yeah. goes. But, I mean uh, – yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Lee Wise is 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 on a scoring, like he's a scoring machine right now. I mean, I think he scored in this the game today, three goals in thirty nine minutes in the first half. So I was like, yeah, I, again, I think Bayern is 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 my favorite in this one. So. You think they but repeat? I, I think they can. I think I think yeah. um, they've been the more consistent one. So. I think Real Madrid is a, is a close second, and I think that would be a good final if we get to see it. So, This is one of the more balanced quarterfinals that we've seen in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the draws, Man City and Dortmund, Porto, Chelsea, Bayern, PSG, and then Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Um, when did they do that? I didn't even get that one in here. Was that yesterday? Yes. Okay. Can, yeah. can you repeat that, yesterday please? Morning. Yeah. Uh, Man City versus Dortmund. Okay. Uh, Porto versus Chelsea. 
Mm. Bayern versus PSG and Madrid Liverpool. Okay. Wow, those those are all good matchups. Yeah. Hmm. Porto Chelsea. Okay, I, I think I do like Porto now. Actually, is maybe qualifying. Hmm. I don't know. That th- those are good matches. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, we will we will follow and uh, and kind of see where things go from there. Um. Does anyone want to talk about Zlatan? <laughs> I mean, you can because I know you like it. So Not it. it. I, I saw his face pop up on my screen earlier, and I just kept scrolling right by. So yeah, <laughs> he won't go away. Um, got called up to after being out in, uh, in um, international retirement, I suppose. He he decides to unretire and re- and immediately gets called back up into the Swedish national team. Uh, Thirty nine years young, uh, so he'll. This this will be for Euro for regular Euros, right? Or yeah, because they already did qualification. Or yes, I can't remember now. Maybe I it is qualification. Okay, I can't remember. Well, we'll see how it happens, right? I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, it's, scores. Are they gonna, they're not going to start Zlatan, are they? Or is he going to force them to start him? That's what I was gonna think. I think he's I feel like there's probably time. there's probably some blackmail happening there. Like if you're going to call <laughs> yeah. him up. <laughs> I yeah. mean, speaking third person, right? I mean, like, do you call up Slatan not to play Slatan? I'm so tired, man. I'm I'm tired of the football Borat and you're, him just being you're right. It's hypocrite. it's qualifiers. Okay. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, is he willing to take you know a role where he's not out there doing stuff? I don't know. I don't know either. Slatan is like you know. He's he's talented and he's the, the, you know he deserves the call up but will he will he be instrumental right because you know the team needs to play as a team and not just give him the ball and clear everyone clear away like the galaxy used to play. Well, the the headline I just saw as I was looking to see if it was qualifiers or Euros said quotes him as saying I'm not just called up because my name is Latan so. Um, feel like he's going to talk himself into into a starting position and not just, you know, take the the team man role. Hmm. Uh, one of these days. One of, one of these days, he, he won't even disappear. It'll just be like, he'll be done playing, but then, I don't know, he'll be a coach or he'll be a commentator or something. No, no. He's not going away. Can you imagine that though, Slatat as a coach or a commentator? Like, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I my mind to, just goes like, yes. what will happen? His, his commentary would just be like, "Yeah, I, I actually pulled that off on the first try. He was, you know, that that was a cute try by so and so, but uh, yep. what I would have done is, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I can foresee." Is the Zlatan Jose Mourinho show those two oh together? My <laughs> oh my yep. god! I'm saying, and, and these these reactions right here are Pay the exact thing, right? <laughs> yeah, these are the reactions that will will funnel them millions, if not billions, of dollars. It'll be oh absolute hate god. watching. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> it is the worst, <laughs> and because of that, it will be successful. <laughs> um. African uh, Champions League, we got some updates here. I'll go through these quickly. Um, the main one, Bridget, for you, I just wanted to point out, 
our, our Mazembe friends, I think they are mathematically <laughs> eliminated, unfortunately. The things did not work out well from their, for them in Group B. But in Group A, uh, Simba is through. Alahi likely is through at seven points. And in Group B, it's the uh, Mamalodi Sundowns. They are definitely through at 12. Al-Hilal at three. That one's a little tighter between um, two, three and two. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mozambique can actually pull something off. They're only a point behind. There's, there's two matches left, I should say. So they have to do some work, but maybe. Uh, Group C, Casablanca is through. Huaydad, uh, Casablanca, and uh, Uria, AC, it looks like. Well, maybe Kaiser's right there as well. Uh, Group D, Esperance is definitely through. Uh Alger at eight as well. They're, they look like they're through as well. So things are starting starting to solidify there with just uh, two fixtures more to go. I'm you know, now that I look at the this... petrol team is in fourth in their group. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Petro Atletico from uh, from uh, Angola. <laughs> gotta start gotta start funneling that money. Literally funnel <laughs> funnel funnel now. You know, as I look at this now, minus five baby. goal differential. Mozambique might actually be able to get back into it. I mean, if they win their next two matches, they could sneak up and 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 maybe they, get through. Do they use goal differential as a tiebreaker? I believe so. Yes. Because on that alone, I think that'll boost them up a little bit, even if they don't mm-hmm. quite. Let's go, alligators! <laughs> Wait, what do they call themselves? They don't even call themselves the Gators, do they? We looked this up. No. I remember. Oh my god. It had nothing to do with anything. It was so yeah. random, like the crows Let's or something like again. that, or the the bird. That was a bird of some kind, I think. <laughs> so good. Um, while you're looking that up, we'll do Libertadores qualification. Uh, Bolivar played the uh, Montevideo Wanderers one five nil, so Bolivar is through. Santos and Deportivo Lara tied one one, but Santos goes through on aggregate three two. Uh, Gremio beats. I, I don't even know this. Ayacucho. Where's that one from? I don't even know. That's. I thought it was Peru. Yeah. Okay. That's Ayacucho it. FC would be my dad's team because is think, that right? It it would be because I think they they made uh, the um, they they're playing the premier flight in in Peru. But let me nice. uh, yeah, because my dad closest. Um, he was born in Huancayo, so. Um, I really like the yeah. the shield is really neat. Yeah, so Ayacucho is a is a football club in Peruvian football. It's located in Ayacucho, Peru. So um, so they had several names before they went to Ayacucho. They were known as Aurora Miraflores, Olímpico San Luis, Olímpico Somos Peru, Olímpico Aurora Miraflores. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, they're playing the nice. first division. So I was trying to watch that game and I was trying to see, but you know. I mean, at least they scored against Gremio. So yeah, that that's the thing is Gremio had had kind of laid the smack down the first time with six goals, so they didn't really have to do much, but they still beat them two to one, so eight to two aggregate. Um, the Ravens. The Ravens. I was close. Yes, the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens for the Gators. <laughs> uh, Independiente del Valle six two over Unión Española, so they go through six three on aggregate. And then we had Libertad and Universidad Católica tie, but Libertad goes through 3-2. Uh, Junior FC, 3-1 over Caracas, 5-2 aggregate, so Junior's through. And finally, San Lorenzo, 2-0 over Universidad de Chile. That's a 3-1 aggregate, so San Lorenzo through. So I think 
I can't remember if it's this week or the following week where the actual Libertadores is getting ready to roll, which and it just feels like we just ended the other one. And right, I mean, like, did, we're like, would you we just talk about a final lesson? <laughs> we did. That doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah, I know. This is crazy. Libertadores Femenina. Uh, I don't know if you've all been catching these, but I get the the updates I, I get on your Facebook. tags on Facebook, yeah, and I actually up. now like. I I actually saved uh so to get notifications when they go live, but my problem is I don't go on Facebook that much. So like, well, okay, yeah. that that's number one, and number two is they're not the most convenient times. I know you all work uh basically regular nine to fives, and I'm usually busy with with kids around three two three o'clock once once distance learning is done, and that's basically right when every one of these matches hits live. It's like three thirty. Here we go. <laughs> I, uh, can't really do that. Um. But it's cool. I, I, I like the idea, uh, particularly when we're talking about women's football, women's sports, that they're looking at alternative means of promotion and, and transmission, just getting the matches out. So I, I love the fact that Facebook or Conmebol right. or maybe the two of them, that they worked this out. And, and that's the thing that they did in, in previous tournaments, too, that they were showing mm-hmm. the game is on Facebook, which is, the, you know, I think it's a smart move. Right. I mean, yep. I mean, which also brings us to another conversation that has to do with streaming services. Right. I remember last or well, a couple episodes ago, Eric brought up a question about, like, will any of the leagues or any of these games or like any of the leagues be picked up by Amazon? Right. Mm, uh, sure. And then uh, recently. uh this is not soccer, but it's NFL football, and Amazon actually picked up a couple of games from that. So, mm, so the door is open to tempting. hopefully, you know, <laughs> maybe a, a year or two down the line, Amazon decides to do something else, and we'll get some sort of league games going on. So that's interesting. There's hope. Uh, we know they're they're interested, which is good. I would love it very much. Did, didn't you? What did you wager, Rodrigo? I seem to remember you wagering something. <laughs> um if i wager my soul it's 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 too late because i already i already i already that thing's been gone, gone. For, like, <laughs> for like 20 years so i get uh, i get crumbs i get crumbs of a soul right right i mean if you want i mean you know i can give you a hug later on or something like that but yeah that'll I mean, be good that'd be that'd or maybe be really maybe nice. you know what maybe i'll share uh share one of my streaming services passwords and you can go ahead and and breathe Aww. a little easier not netflix <laughs> Don't share your Netflix. They're cracking yeah. down on that. Oh, are they really? I think I remember reading something about or seeing something yeah. about that. They sent the message out like they're trying to crack down on that. And so specifically yeah. per is it per household or per I think I it's forget per how household, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They can they can tell if you're watching from two different IP addresses. Because um, they're really financially strapped right now. Gotta gotta crack down on their users. <laughs> They just want to make some money off of everyone going right. with Netflix and stream through the pandemic. They're like, oh shit, we could be making double this money. Everyone's sharing the passwords. Yeah. Um, well, uh, back to the actual Libertadores uh, Feminina matches here. So we had the semifinals went down uh, the 17th. You had Corinthians and America de Cali. And Corinthians are the defending champs. And I think we're expected to kind of roll this thing through. They actually tie 1 1, and America de Cali wins on PKs. So good on them. That shouts to uh, Senor Don Julio. I don't know if he watches the women's game, but I know uh, America is his men's team. I'm, I'm assuming he, he would enjoy the women's as well. So good on him for big, big one, not just for America de Cali, but for uh, Colombia. We've, we've talked on this program how difficult things have been with their confederation and, and just getting 
the basics and the respect of, of women's football. So to now have a team in the final, huge. Uh, the following day, we had uh, Ferroviaria against Ude Chile. Again, a tie that goes to PKs and Ferroviaria pull it off. So we'll have the uh, Brazilian team versus the Colombian team, I believe next week. I didn't get it in here. Oh, and I caught, I turned it on just in time. I did get a catch. The very last PK kick to see the uh, Ferroviaria kicker, or rather keeper, uh, save the PK and, and set them through, which was which was pretty cool just to catch like <laughs> the celebration, like the one save and the celebration. I was like, all right. Nice. <laughs> Got that little bit. So good on. So again, there's your uh, Libertadores women's final, Ferroviaria America de Cali. All right, Bridget, it's time. This week in racism, it's a big one with some history. You want to st- take us through uh, Europa League and what happened? Yeah, so uh, Slavia Prague is playing Rangers. Um, in what are they at? Like semifinals now? Um, Rangers are down 2 0. It's getting a little chippy. Uh, players off to the side discussing a foul, um, arguing a bit, and a Slavia Prague player uh, is approached by Glenn Kamara as he uh, nags at another Rangers player about a foul. And Kamara says that this player had said, hey, like, shut up, I'm talking with this guy. When he gets done with the other guy, he walks up to Kamara again, and we see him on camera cover his face as he leans in to Kamara's ear um, and utters a racial slur about Kamara, uh, who immediately walks away, goes to the official, yells what the guy had just said. Um, That player is saying that all he said was, you effing guy, with some emotion, but that is not the words that we hear. Uh, You can almost hear it on the broadcast. Wait, 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 wait. So he he had to cover up his face and say, you effing guy. I mean, yes. says, you effing guy, <laughs> he covered honestly. his face, but it's still almost audible. I mean, he's definitely yeah. not saying guy. But, That's and, yeah, exactly. And it's like, if, it's like, if I'm mad at if someone. covering your face. Yeah. yeah. If I'm and mad at someone, I'm not going to call him effing guy. Seriously, right? right? You know, yeah. you're going to yeah. call him effing something else, right? That, that, that's, a, that's a lame excuse. So, so yeah, he he goes to coach Steven Gerrard and, and tells him what happened. And uh, Camaro is really upset. Gerrard pulls on the side. They chat a little bit. Um, in the post-match interview, uh, Gerrard goes on for like seven minutes. I think I retweeted it last night. Yeah, I put it um, out too. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So he was he was saying, you know, I've, I've never seen this guy. I've known him like three years now. Uh, worked with him really well. He's super quiet. I've never seen him upset. He's always calm, even keel. I've never seen him like this. He hurts. I hurt because he hurts. Um, and it, the whole thing is just disgusting. And then the club comes out and says, well, we've talked to our guy. All he said was, you know, you fucking guy with emotion. Like it, it wasn't racial at all. But then uh, their ultras supporters make a TIFO banner with oh, yeah. yet another I, racial slur. I didn't, I didn't even put that in here because it was yeah, really no. bad. Um, and this is the same the same club who has denounced racism in all forms, quote unquote, mm. uh, for three or four incidents in the last three years. 
um, and their fans chant against Lukaku uh, was, I think, the first segment we did on this for this show. Um, and they've been involved in a few incidents since. And every single time the club denies any allegations, but then also says we, we denounce racism in any and all forms. This will not stand. Not that we said it, but we denounce racism in all forms. So exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, Ger- Gerard's biggest thing was, you know, we the players take a knee, the coaches take a knee, but what's being done by the league? And yeah. he said, you know, I fear that I was here for it this time, and we're just going to sweep this under the rug, and pretty soon I'll be sitting at home watching a game on TV, and the same exact thing will happen. We'll all get fed up with it, and then we'll sweep it under the rug again. And a couple of years later or months later, we'll hear it all again. Um, And Kamara put out a statement through his attorney, uh, the only statement that he will be making pending the UEFA investigation, um, but stating that, you know, this is obviously not an isolated thing. It's not the first time he's had to deal with it. It's not the first time his teammates have had to deal with it. Um, And calls for the league to take a stand and finally actually do something about it rather than saying, yeah, we agree. Racism is bad. They need to do more. Yeah. Thank you for all that. It's, it was hard to watch. And I I guess what was, what was, I don't know if positive is the word, but Gerard's press conference, I mean, just to see him being very steadfast in his solidarity was was a really cool thing to see and just completely go to bat for, for the player, for Kamara. I mean, he was obviously very torn up about it. He's just like, I think he even, he even says, I I treat him like my son. I treat him like one of my kids or or they have that, they have that kind of connection something like that. Yep. He's, I mean, he's not just the coach who sends him out there to, you know, do what he tells them to do. He's, he's invested in these guys. Yeah. Um, and not just for their performance, but their personal lives. And uh, they all know each other pretty well. Um, and yeah, he, he kept saying, he's, he started at the beginning by saying, you know, I'm, I will acknowledge the results of this game because I don't, he didn't want anybody to think that they're using this as an excuse. Like right. Slavia Prague won quite candidly uh, 2-0 for this match and 3-1 on aggregate. And Gerard says, yeah, they, they were the better team. But what's yeah. more now important let's talk than about that, the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. He's like, so we're not making excuses. This is a whole separate thing. Right. The players are also people. So it, it was good to hear him be cognizant of both sides and kind of get out ahead of that before anybody could say, yeah, dude, your, your guys were pissed off after some stupid fouls. And they, they were stupid fouls, but there's no right. excuse for any of this. Right. I mean, and the thing too is that uh, Slavia was trying to get like Glenn Kamara to remove or withdraw his statements of like we need yeah. we, we 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 want an apology because that's not what they what found it said. offensive that he would say that they said something offensive. Which is just there's there's so much double speak and like Right, I mean, jumping around in that, and then, in that one sentence, <laughs> I can't even. I mean, I mean, it. and then like Slavia is like, is like, yeah, we're we're distancing uh, uh, away from you know the fans that 
uh, put this banner out and took a picture of it. This doesn't exist. Like, what are you doing about these fans? And like, seriously, yeah. like, it's not the first time. It's not the, the second, or the third, the or fourth time. You, yeah, they they always you follow do? you. They they come to these games and uh, <laughs> now they're already talking about you know security concerns for when they face right. Arsenal. They'll, oh that's round, yeah that's going so. to be yeah and i mean and then like you know their claims that uh is it Sekudela, right the defender that was uh involved in this whole yeah. thing like he was assaulted in the tunnel after the game or something yeah. like that i'm like yeah dear lord stop Scott making this about you had that. to escort them out of off the premise or something Holy shit. it's just wow. you know the good old well well your guys did something too we hear that every time and i mean we've heard that in Rodrigo and I have talked about this. We've seen that with youth sports recently, yes. um, where any allegation is met with, "Well, you know, your kids weren't angels either." So that's just—it's it, just absolutely disgusting and absurd. Yeah, I mean, like their statements and everything is just so like lame. Like the club like, files criminal complaints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the file the club files criminal complaints against unknown individuals involved in the preparation and publishing of the picture i'm like whatever like like another teammate of of uh glenn heard it right and that's mm-hmm. why like there's verification of this thing so it's not like it wasn't heard and it's not you know and so it's just you know like seriously like if uefa if fifa don't start actually using the rules that are in place to do something like this. Like it's literally, there's going to be fights on the field. Oh yeah. That's and, and but, Gerard commented on that as well, saying, you know, if, if they don't do something about it, you're giving a green light to these things. Right. And it's not just happening in the stands. It's happening on the pitch. Yeah. So well, especially if, now when there's not any supporters yeah. around. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when it becomes a security issue like this, like you're talking about, I mean, if, if you're not stepping in to protect people, to protect players, uh, I mean, you, you're completely failing as an organization in, in this right. case, yep. UEFA. Well, I mean, I mean you, yeah, UEFA as an organization is a, yeah. everything. I think it's just there are rules in place and the rules are not being used. Like if someone makes a complaint, mm-hmm. game needs to stop. Game yep. needs to, then they need, you know, each, each side needs to be communicated what the issue is, and nothing like that happened, right? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's really, it's really appalling that, you know, there are these rules, and apparently no one wants to implement them, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're just cosmetic rules and, that is just there to look yeah. good, and they don't do anything about it. I mean, nothing it doesn't really matter happened, how many, but yeah. Like they didn't really do anything afterwards, but Gerard had said that he, the video where he goes up and pulls him into a hug and he's talking to him and he says that he asked him, like, what would you like us to do? Mm. Nice. Uh, Good for him. So much like, um, like we saw with Donovan. Landon Donovan and, and Loyal saying, Hey, what, what would make you comfortable? Do you want to go play and kick their asses or do you want to walk and show them that yep. this isn't acceptable? acceptable and gerard said hey what what would you like us to do do you want to keep keep playing do you want us to keep playing what what do you want to do um he was really too upset to answer him and he went back in and ended up getting red carded later on for a second yellow but um and it was already kind of at the end of the match if i'm mistaken right yeah, yeah it was 90th minute they're they're yeah. winning 2-0 why yeah, i mean come on and and well, that's good, good on gerard. Is like, 
yeah good on gerard to come to approach it that way i mean that's, yeah and that's I, good I think that's a decent approach but I, I i think it really need you need to be able to remove yourself from the situation yeah that's what needs to happen so sure removing the player and having a conversation is is thing but i think like in a situation where like it happened with the loyals and and the loyals you know it was literally like right at halftime so like everyone yeah. was in their own in their own um they all went to the locker room, right? I think something like that needs to be in place. It's like if a complaint is filed or it's brought up to the referees and the referees tell each of the coaches, game stops, everyone kind of like in boxing goes to their corner, talks about yeah. it, informs everyone that happened, right? And then if if, if the referees, there. right, if the referees cannot confirm you know they, they can't come up with like a they, they can't confirm that something was said or they didn't hear it but because that's what's going to come down on is the referees heard it or not then you know then you go back to the teams like this is we didn't hear it we then the teams have to come up with a solution and it doesn't have to be an amicable solution it can be like right. the team that that they, it was affected by such offensive act can be like you know what we're not playing and then if that means that they have to replay the game or if that means something else needs to happen or if that means someone has to forfeit and that, that I think that is the only way things like this are going to stop. A, implement these rules. A, A separate yourself from the, from, from the traumatic situation and then use your heads and, figure, and give the teams the option to do things because like, no one's going to want to take a forfeit, right? Everyone wants to win. Yeah. That's when you play the game, right? You want to win, right? And so, like, you have to be able to come up with options for scenarios like this. And FIFA, UEFA, F, Comebo, CONCACAF, all these organizations don't have a solution. I think, Rodrigo, we got to get you on a plane to Switzerland, like, too sweet, as soon as you can get. Get in there. Get in there with two Molotovs in each hand and just give that speech. I'll, I'll, I'll DM Slatan and then see if uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get me a flight to Sweden. Oh, that's the wrong one. Switzerland. Close enough. I want to go to Sweden. Just, I just want to go to Sweden. And then after that, I can make my way to Switzerland. All right. Fair. Fair. Uh, along the same lines, the ISC um, put out a statement condemning uh, Dan D'Amico. I don't know a lot about this person, I guess for good reason, but apparently he's he's just a terrible human um, capitalist owner guy of, of Charlotte Independence aligned with... Uh, conservatives and conservative movements that has a past of of writing and even i think saying out loud very disparaging comments against um asian and pacific islander communities and considering what we've seen uh in 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 recent times um i mean this week in particular but just the trauma that a lot of those folks are going through um they thought it was a good time to basically call him out and i'm not sure his actual status if he still owns the team or not he but, does. Uh, he does. He does. As, still as team. yesterday, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, so it's kind of a push to get him out. It sounds like. Yeah, there. I mean, that push has been there for a while. So the last time he came up was January sixth. Uh, I believe he was condoning um, and showing his support for the raid on the Capitol. Um, mm. He Classic has guy. said things about the election. He has said. Uh, he was very supportive of a bunch of conspiracy theories, all the ones that we've heard for the last, you know, Wait, year, the, two years. Is he friends with the pillow guy? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah sounds like it. They they all know each other. Um, yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's been 
disgusting for a while. And mm-hmm. uh, those fans have said multiple times, you know, we're we're trying to, to do all these things to, you know, be supportive and be allies and the club kind of, the club supports that, but it's all performative. If the owner is also running around um, talking about the China virus and fake elections and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it kind of came no to a head with this one. So everyone else, Everyone else down there was talking about the shooting, um, the the massacre of eight people in Atlanta, um, and he was tweeting about uh, some dumb story about like Trump and the Republicans versus the liberals or something like that. Just absolutely tone deaf that's all vile. around. So yeah, that's vile. I mean, that that's the next question, right? It's like. Like in the RSL situation, there there was something that stepped up in the um, what was it WNBA team that was owned by a by um, um, a conspiracy theory uh, Republican. Um, it, it it was Atlanta, whatever that I can't remember their name. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, right. I mean, like, what are leagues going to do if there's documentation that their owners are, you know, racist people, right? You know what are they, they going want, to do? Right, they like, want the money. They don't. They need care. the money, right? And they and and you know they they fall behind freedom of speech, right? But at the same time, I'm like, why do people still go to these games knowing that, that their owner is just that that well, type of a person? So that's how that woman got pushed out and is no longer an owner of the WNBA team because uh, the fans um, and the players were saying, "Look, we're not." we're not going to put up with this. Like your views are completely contradictory to everything that we're trying to do and say. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with North Carolina, but yeah, it's just absurd all around. Yeah. Good, good on ISC for getting things rolling here. So may, I, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of times this is what it takes is once it gets to the players and the players start being vocal about it, then things really start to come to a head. So hopefully we'll see some um, some vocal players really step up and and, and uh, follow it. See if he gets booted. Um, we can wrap this thing. We're getting pretty close here. Uh, Rodrigo, I will throw it to you along with the CONCACAF qualifiers. We had kind of a, kind of a mess with uh, the Haitian team. You want to take it? Yeah, so reports, uh, this is from Twitter from um, Tyler Terence, right? The tweet read, major development for this Honduras AT CONCACAF Olympic qualifier. COVID-19 protocols were not observed by Haiti and half the squad tests were given to the lab just the day before. They will play with 10 men and a field player will be in goal. And so this is about 10 minutes before the game starts. And one of the things too is like, Haiti had issues getting visas for their players. And so it's not just, you know, I don't, it's more complicated than Haiti not trying to abide for COVID 19 protocols. Is that if Haiti can't get visas, then, you know, Conco Calf needs to step in and be like, okay, what's going on? Like, what do we need to do? Right. We are the organization that's supposed to be in, assist, in assistance in situations like that. And there wasn't any. So we already like they're already playing in a bubble type of sense, right? And they're already in a sense 
trying to get it. And let's not just talk with the whole aspect of colonialism crap that has happened to Haiti with natural disasters and prior to all that, right? And um, and some of the, the the dumb people on Twitter who were like, well, the Dominican Republic was willing to get all their stuff in order, but that's a whole different conversation that we want to talk about. <laughs> and it's an island that requires a history channel, 13 documentaries and listening to, you know, I don't know, reading, you know, it's, it's extremely complicated and we're not going to get into it, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast that no one will subscribe to except for me and Eric. And maybe some other the, folks will have like three subscribers. Haitian revolution. And right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it will be like six degrees of separation of the Haitian revolution. That's what it should be called. We'll tie everything to the Haitian revolution by six degrees of separation. So, mm-hmm. uh, but no, and it was just, one of these things is like if you are the one that's organizing the freaking tournament and qualifiers, this is more embarrassing on the aspect of you can't even keep things straight this way. You can't keep them all in line this way. Lack of communication. It was just, you know, I mean, the game was the game, but it was just a mess. And I think that's that's one of the things that's frustrating about this thing is that we've talked to many of these uh, in this show many times about how entities like CONCACAF don't even help or, or countries, entities like CONCACAF or whatever or uh, don't assist the nations that it's in their interest for them to succeed in tournaments. So it's like, you know, we take, take, take the women's Jamaican team, right? Like last year, right? I mean, any, any South American women's um, national team, you know, all these things, they're not... They're not um, they're not being addressed as it should be. And I think this is one of the things too. So I didn't watch this game. Does one of you have a, can look up a score? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was one of those where like, where like um, it was that, but it was, it's, it's going to make it really interesting in the aspect of who, what, quali- who qualifies. I got this your whole message. Um, Honduras three nil. Yeah. Over Haiti. And then yeah. Canada apparently looked really well. They, they played El Salvador and won two nil. Okay. So Elsa, so Canada. All right. So it's going to make really interesting because then the United States plays uh, the Dominican Republic, and after that they play Mexico. So it should be really interesting to see who makes it out of that group. They yeah. should be able to at least be competitive against the Dominican Republic and pull something off. But I don't know. I think Honduras and El Salvador, if, if they get their things together over the next couple of games, it, it, it could be interesting if it comes out of the other group too. Um, just for some update for today, we Bundesliga. Of course, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to start following Union Berlin as, as my Bundesliga team. I just had the most brutal own goal from like 30 yards out. I don't know if you all <laughs> saw this. Just a terrible, terrible pass back, and the keeper was on the complete opposite side of the goal. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh. Are we calling this the, the the Bobby Frankie? Might be, or or or, or just the, the the curse of me deciding I'm going to start paying attention to this team. Uh, just ouch. don't become a Newcastle fan, please. That's, that's the last enough. thing I need right now. Um, Rodrigo, I'll give you the last word. You get you get the we'll call this the the Club de Cuervos segmento. Uh, Alianza Lima, maybe a little bit of background before you get into what happened, just so we can you can set it up a little bit because it's it's some straight cuervos here. Okay, so Alianza Lima is is known as one of the top clubs in the last hundred or so years. Their history is rich in Primera División uh, 
Peruvian league, right? So uh, let's put it this way. My dad is Ariancista, and so is my brother, right? And so, like, the classicals are always Alianza versus La U, Alianza versus Sporting Cristal. You know, those are the big ones, right? I'm a Sporting Cristal fan. But I think the first – I tweeted this a long time, a, a couple episodes back, maybe a month or so back. Alianza Lima got relegated. Uh, and it's the first time in like 80 plus years that Alianza Lima got, gets relegated, right? Well, seems to be a trend like with Vasco and right, uh, right, all these right, other right. Botafogo going down. Go ahead. So it gets interesting, right? So everyone knows what, uh, what the, what's it called? The, uh, what's it called? A TSA or the TAS, TAS? It's the, I think the same entity that, um, that, uh, um, Peru or um, Paulo Guerrero went to to be able to um, reverse his suspension because of the coca tea that he supposedly tested positive for. This is like qualifiers, like 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 last year, um, and so so um, the the football federation pretty much said, "Yeah, you guys are relegated. There's no other way that this is going to." to work and in the midst of getting relegated there is a drama switch in which um currently what's happening is there's a team uh and i'm trying to remember the team's name it's uh it's i believe growl hold on let me hold on let me let me totally be be aspect of this okay so so it's um Carlos Stein is a team and reports say that they are trying to make sure that Alianza Lima and Carlos Stein play. So they, so growl. Uh, so there's a, there was a meeting of the, uh, of the minds because there was a, uh, there, there was a conversation regarding what was, what was happening. What, what happens is one of the teams in that did, that did stay up in the league uh, ended up, not paying their players or staff. And technically, if you don't do that in the league, you're supposed to be deducted points. So if that ruling stands, if they are going to deduct points from them, that means that a team has to come up or more than one, right? Because they would be they were on that on the clip to be relegated. And the team that should be going up would be Alianza Lima. And this totally smells like someone's buying points and buying teams and like cuervos, cuervos. <laughs> it's like cuervos. So like Diego Montalban, who is you know is he's one of my favorite reporting, uh, proving news, and soccer news, and is also uh, part of my one of my favorite uh, soccer podcasts, which is the the Peruvian Waltz. Literally, like I tweeted at him, I was like, "This is this is totally cuervos," and he totally like <laughs> laughed at me because it is cuervos because it's like. <laughs> You can't you can't get more than that than just you know than 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 cuervos and it's one of those things it's like I just can't can't fathom how like uh I'm just thinking about all like the the back room right and the novella and, and the, the, here, here's money the last, under the table and, right exactly you know. right but here's the here's the next phase right Alianza Lima will devote in Liga One in the third round and Carlos Stein goes down to second division which is a team that didn't pay their players. And the question now is, does the novella end here, right? Because there's always something that, that, that could happen. 
So that is the uh, that is the craziness of of not only the league, uh, but um, it's it's just crazy, right? That the fact that a team that get relegated now is going up because the team forgot to play their players or staff, right? And so now, Alianza Lima, who was relegated and and is now being able to play in in Liga Uno, which is just amazing. Amazingly crazy and and like we got to make sure that every time we do the the Cuervo segment or we we post these on Twitter or whatever we we actually tag the Club de Cuervos account because it's still active even really? though the show's I been over. Know that. It, <laughs> it is, but even, even though the show's been over for two years, so we just we got to keep this legacy just moving so they know that the impact is still there and is still direct. <laughs> right. So what what the whole conversation was about the whole ending is about two points. That's what it is. Wow. Two points aside of this whole thing. It's 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 nuts. It's it's nuts. So, anyways, that's that's uh that's say. our cuervo um, section. Yes, um, good, we'll it's have, a really uh, good one. That will be really one of those one. things. I don't know. I I can't I can't think more about anything else than just like, where's Potro? Where? <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man! I, I can't. I, 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 this is like totally totally one of those things that you don't understand. Yeah. Just like. Just <laughs> Just like the uh, just like the scene in where like Potro tries to uh, amp up his players by doing the free willy analogy. That is the best. Oh, Bridget, we get we gotta get you caught up. It is so funny. It's, and he's like, like I, so emotional over it. He's like, it's all about the whale. It's about the whale. <laughs> yeah. And you can't understand of- what the whale what the whale is about. And so like, oh yeah. It is. Abs- yeah. This is the. Um, this is the spinoff, right? This is the um, what do you call it? Hugo Sanchez, all of the Bala de Hugo Sanchez, right? Oh, uh, the, the I can't remember now. They're no, when he does it, no, no, no. This is this is within the the season. Okay, it's all it's because all he takes over as a now. as a coach for a while, and that's then right. he gets replaced, and that's when he says it. Yeah, so good, so great. All right, great. well, on that moment, and, in, and on that <laughs> note, I suppose I still do want to watch the uh, the other one, the, the Ted Lasso. I got to get into that at some point. Have you got to that, Bridget? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Um, that might happen this weekend. Can, can you zoom it for us? <laughs> Probably. We'll, we'll all watch together. <laughs> all we right, can work well, that out. We'll see. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. We'll, find a way. Pa- Patreon content. We'll, we'll get it up on Patreon. <laughs> uh, that's all we got. Um, Patreon.com backslash MN football show for your future beer orders and all that good stuff. Um, thank you, Rodrigo and Bridget, as always, and Atisha. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.